Hello and welcome back. This is Robert Fleming. I'm one of the partners in the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. One of the other partners is Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, and she's sitting across from me right now. You're listening to Elder Law Issues, which is our attempt to cover a variety of issues that arise in our elder law practice. And Elizabeth, today I wanted to talk about funding of your trust, transferring assets to your trust. But I want to talk about a particular asset because I've had some recent experience that sort of changed my thinking about it. And that's your car or cars, if you have more than one. And cars, by the way, can include trailers and mobile homes and trucks and boats and airplanes because they're all titled in the same kind of way, though the airplanes are kind of a special category. Um, but, uh, but vehicles generally, let's say. Well, that doesn't work because your bicycle isn't in the same category. All right, I'm rattling on. I want to talk about whether or not to put your car, let's just stay with car, into your your trust, your living trust. Robert, that's such a good question. We have people who are very diligent about making sure that their trust is properly funded. And that's a great thing. When what we mean by trust being funded is that there are things in your trust now or that will funnel into your trust upon your death at a later date. Um, and thereby avoiding probate, or at least we hope avoiding probate. And so funding your trust is a really important thing. And and we have had some discussion on this podcast, Robert, about the fact that funding a trust takes time. There are bigger legal questions and tax questions that people have to think through often, particularly when we talk about retirement accounts. And so when people normally ask us about cars, holy smokes, it seems like the simplest thing to instruct them about. Interestingly enough, Robert, the MVD here in Arizona has a sort of a beneficiary deed that you can put on your vehicle and essentially create this during your lifetime, have it notarized, you have to use the MVD form. And um, and then on your death, if a car is titled in your name and you say that on, upon your death you want to have the car either transferred into your trust or you want to give it to a neighbor or a beneficiary, you can avoid probate doing that. Usually cars are less than $75,000 in value. So one of the upsides is is that we don't often see a car or vehicle be the thing that triggers a probate, Robert, but we still talk to people about it. And so that usually is a simple form that we can recommend people fill out. But our most diligent clients, Robert, those are the folks that say, no, 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 I really wanna put my car into my trust today. And we normally say, well, okay, but it might be some work. So what did you learn? Well, we recently bought a car. Actually, um, sort of accidentally. I don't want to be, be humble bragging, but we, my wife and I recently bought two cars. So we have been going through this process um, in the last couple of months. And, and it really has changed my view of how to do it. So one of the things that I did not really understand before, and I understand now, is that beneficiary document that you referred to, Elizabeth, that can only be signed by a single individual. So if you and your spouse own your car together, whether it's or or and, and we can talk about the difference between or and and language on your car title, uh, you can't do the beneficiary document um, until one of you dies. Uh, or you decide to take one of your names off of the off of the title, and so the beneficiary document is useful 
but not as useful for getting your car transferred into your trust's name. So Robert, it, it, just to make sure that I understand the example that you're giving. So let's just say Doug, it's my husband, Doug and I own a car and both of us are on the title. And let's just say that we do one of these beneficiary forms through the MVD. What I think I hear you saying is that only one of us can sign that form as to our interest. So for an example, if I completed the MVD form for the car that Doug and I jointly own, and I died before Doug, and Doug didn't have any beneficiary form that he did himself on the vehicle, what I did would be meaningless. I think it's more complicated even than that. Assuming that you have the title of your car as Elizabeth or Doug, that means that either one of you can transfer the title. But but if you do a beneficiary designation as to your interest, it has no effect because Doug owns the car automatically on your death. And so what you really need is a form that has both you and Doug signing it, but that's not a choice that is available to you. So one of the ways you could handle that to get it transferred to your parents or, or your Duncan, your, your uh, important uh, fur Golden baby. doodle. Yes. <laughs> um, you would, uh, I, I think you could each sign the form and attach both of them to the, to the title. And then the first, after the death of the first one of you, the survivor could tear off the, uh, the, the now meaningless document and shred it. And, and that's another interesting thing about these beneficiary designations on cars. You don't actually have to send anything to MVD. Right. You just attach it to your title. This is, uh, by the way, Elizabeth, an important point for us to make, a good time to make it, that we are Arizona lawyers and we know a few things about Arizona law, but we don't know New Mexico law or Nevada law or Utah law or California law, except as, and I picked those because they're adjoining states. Interesting question whether we should include Colorado. Okay, we'll include Colorado. We don't know their law either. Um, those are adjoining states where, uh, where people might have car titles that they bring into Arizona. We don't know what the law is there. Um, but in Arizona, you have this beneficiary designation form that you attach to the actual uh, title without giving it to MVD, but only after the first death in the case of a husband and wife. If you're single, great, this works for you. You can just name your beneficiary, whether it's your, your trust or your, your daughter or your next door neighbor or whoever, and attach that to the, to the title and you're done and you don't have to pay anything to MVD or go through any hassle. But let's assume for a moment you really want to do it right. You want to transfer the title to your vehicle into your trust's name. Because that's, that's what we tell people. Pretty much everything you own, special rules for, for uh, retirement accounts and a few other kinds of assets, but pretty much everything you own should be titled to the trust after you've established a trust. Uh, so you want to do it right. You want to transfer your car into the trust. That's what I really learned is a, a challenging project in Arizona. Um, first of all, all of the trustees have to physically go to MVD. Um, so uh, Rhonda and I had to go, we actually use, and let me just do a little shout out to an organization in Arizona, in Tucson particularly, that we love, an organization called Bankers Title, which is a great place to do this kind of thing because they, there's no line, you don't 
grab a number and sit in a in an uncomfortable chair. You just walk up to the counter and they're very knowledgeable, very helpful. Yeah, they charge an extra 25 bucks, but it is completely worth it. So we go to Banker's Title. Both of us have to be there. They have to have a copy of trust documents. They have to submit those to MVD and get them approved. They can't do that in advance, so you have to be ready to do it all at once. And, uh, and then what you get is a new title and you get a new registration. So that's the part that quite surprised me, that effectively we were re-registering the car in our trust's name. So Robert, can I just pause a second? You, you mentioned something that now has me very curious. So are you saying that the Department of Motor Vehicles now has a copy of the Fleming, Fleming Family Trust? Well, they only have our trust certificate. They did accept that. But if you don't have a certificate on hand, then like a lot of banks and other entities, they want to see the first and last page. They want to see who is the trustee and that it is actually a signed document. The trust certificate worked for us. That's good. Um, so they don't have our whole trust. Uh, but, uh, but it was a little bit of a, 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 an eye-opening invasion to have to give the state of Arizona that information. So, Robert, did, when you mentioned the new registration, does this mean that you paid at the dealership to re- have a registration and then you paid another fee? Yeah, that's what surprised me. The answer is yes. Uh, now, you do get a credit for the unused part of your registration, but you get a new registration month. So uh, as it happens, when we bought my car first, uh, some months ago, I was the only one to go to the dealership. So the car was titled in my name and it was registered from that month. Well, now we get a new registration that starts in the month of the two of us showing up there and transferring it to the trust. And we have to write a check for the registration going forward for 12 months. Interestingly, it's now a used car because... Even though it's still our car, it's uh, it's not being registered as a new car. So the registration is actually cheaper than it would have been. And we get a refund for the unused portion of the registration. I haven't really put pencil to paper, but I think we came out ahead on this very small transaction by, you know, 20 bucks or 30 bucks or something, not by any significant amount. But it took two, three hours and a lot of paperwork and uh, and and we had to have uh, we had to write a new check. Arizona, and this may be unique. Arizona allows you to register, pay your registration for up to five years in advance. So uh, we thought, let's not have to come back and do anything again for a few years. And we went ahead and paid that. What if we sell the car or the car gets totaled or something? Well, then we'll get a refund of the unused portion of the registration. Oh, by the way, refund. That means that we have a several hundred dollar credit in my account, and it's my account, not Rhonda's account, uh, with MVD. So we'll have to be making some other changes in order to use up that credit. I think there's a mechanism to ask them to write us a check, but it doesn't happen automatically. What a workout, Robert. I, I'm, I'm thinking about insurance, and I'm afraid to ask. Did you rethink how the cars are insured now that you and, and Rhonda individually don't own your cars? So yes, we did. And of course, I've talked to clients about this forever and just never bothered to do it myself. So I didn't realize how much trouble it was. But I called the insurance company before starting down this path and said, just to make sure, 
I, I want to make sure that the trust is an, an alternate insured, an additional named insured, so that if something happens to the car, the trust can be re- reimbursed or, or paid off rather than Rhonda and me individually. And you know what the, tr- the insurance company uh, agent said? She said, oh, no problem, Mr. Fleming. We already have your, your home insurance listing your trust as a, an additional insured. And so we can just add the cars the same way. No additional cost, no rewrite, no, no restart of the, of the insurance. Uh, and it was a nice confirmation that I had gotten around to doing this for our house some years ago. I had completely forgotten that I had done that. So yes, that is one thing. People need to call their insurance company after they put either their house or their car into the trust name to make sure that the trust is appropriately covered as well. Shouldn't increase your insurance, shouldn't require an additional rider, shouldn't be a big deal, but it turned out to be quite a workout to do all that. For years, I've said the same thing you said at the beginning. There's a $75,000 rule in Arizona. You can collect up to $75,000 of personal property um, that, uh, that isn't transferred to the trust without having to go through a, a probate or a lot of formality. And people's cars typically weren't worth $75,000. Well, having just bought two electric cars, I can tell you that um, uh, even used, they collectively probably bump up against that $75,000 figure. And, um, and, and so we've got to kind of rethink that advice. People really need to deal with their cars. Well, Robert, I think that this is a good lesson for all of us to, to learn and think about a little bit more. And uh, for those of you who have questions about trust funding or specifically about what to do with your automobiles or other vehicles, it's important to bring those questions up. And even if you don't come in for a formal consultation, it's the kind of thing that would be good to have a note in your file if you were to call the office and just touch base on on a question like that. We want to make sure that we've got notes in our file, Robert, as, as people live their lives and the administrations of their estates go on because cars and other vehicles, other kinds of things that would be registered are often the kinds of things that can really be a hassle for family to deal with down the road. And it's nice to know what we can do to, to simplify the administration um, upon somebody's death. So good to know. I will make sure to tell Eric and Robin that your cars are in your trust. <laughs> It was a wonderful learning experience for me, and, uh, and I'm glad I went through it. And we really have a lot better advice to give clients now. That's, that's all we have to say about cars. That was a lot to say about cars, um, except the kinds of cars that I, that I got. So if you want to know about that, you'll have to get in touch with me. You've been listening to Elder Law Issues. I'm Robert Fleming and Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. My partner and companion in these Elder Law Issues podcasts has been Uh, we have been with you and uh, we hope that we, we can be with you again next time. Talk with you then.